Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Geico's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. Blog Talk Radio. definition of greatness. By giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can be great. Because everybody can serve. You'll just listen to a portion of Dr. Martin Luther King's speech talking about greatness. You'll listen to Free on the Inside on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis, and thank you once again for being a part of our program. We in for a great time this morning here. We're just remembering and reflecting back on Dr. Martin Luther King, how he went out and he made a difference. You know, as you log on to this program, you'll see my uh, t- uh, text and my theme that says, Help Change a Life. We can't do anything apart from God. Well, by chance, by chance that we can make a difference in someone's life by encouraging them, by setting them on the right path. We're fulfilling the dream that Dr. Martin Luther King has set forth. And I am so honored and pleased to have uh, uh, two great guests on this morning. I will Featured guest this morning is Ms. Claudia Fowler. She's uh, been very active in the community. She's a community activist, and she's uh, uh, continuing to fulfill Dr. Martin Luther King's dream. You two can join the conversation by calling this number here or logging on to the Internet, blogtalkradio.com forward slash free on the inside. Uh, you can call this number, 310-982-4126. Again, that call-in number that you, too, could be a part of this great show in remembrance of Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, 310-982-4126. And so we have our guests on the line right now, and so we're going to bring them in and let them uh, tell us their take on the on what, what Dr. King has been doing and also encourage you. Good morning, Ms. Fowler. You're on the net. Good morning, uh, Mr. Lewis, Reverend Lewis, and how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, great. I thank you for everybody for being a part of the program. Thank you for continuing to do what Dr. Martin Luther King has put in forth. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Dr. King uh, was such a great man, you know, and all the things that, you know, that he, that he did in his lifetime, uh, the short span of a lifetime that he did have, that we were blessed to have him on this earth. I mean, I, I could not think of a better way to honor him this weekend than by the, the celebrations of his life. Amen. That is so true. That is so true. I remember when I was younger and I heard this speech here, and, I, and it made me feel like I had power. He empowered me. They're saying I could be a servant, I could do great things, that we could pull together, that we don't have to take the uh, uh, the illness of this world. We can make a difference. We can change things. And you've been you've been doing that. So introduce yourself to our listening audience and tell us what God have uh, have put to your hands to do. Well, um, you know, I, I am a community activist. I, you know, I'm. Uh, I would used to have trouble struggling to say I'm a community activist. I would always say I'm just a community worker. You know.
Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. GEICO's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with GEICO, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. More power to you. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Blog Talk Radio. Damn, Paul. Wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness. By giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can be great. Because everybody can serve. You'll just listen to a portion of Dr. Martin Luther King's speech talking about greatness. You'll listen to Free on the Inside on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Minister Joel Lewis, and thank you once again for being a part of our program. We in for a great time this morning here. We're just remembering and reflecting back on Dr. Martin Luther King, how he went out and he made a difference. You know, as you log on to this program, you'll see my uh, a text and my theme that says, Help Change Your Life. We can't do anything apart from God. Well, by chance, by chance that we can make a difference in someone's life by encouraging them, by setting them on the right path. We're fulfilling the dream that Dr. Martin Luther King has set forth. And I am so honored and pleased to have uh, uh, two great guests on this morning. I will Featured guest this morning is Miss Claudia Fowler. She's uh, been very active in the community. She's a community activist, and she's uh, uh, continuing to fulfill Dr. Martin Luther King's dream. You two can join the conversation by calling this number here or logging on to the Internet, blogtalkradio.com forward slash free on the inside. Uh, you can call this number, 310-982-4126. Again, that call-in number that you too could be a part of this great show in remembrance of Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, 310-982-4126. And so we have our guests on the line right now, so we're going to bring them in and let them uh, tell us they take on the on what Dr. King has been doing and also encourage you. Good morning, Ms. Fowler. You're on the net. Good morning, uh, Mr. Lewis, Reverend Lewis, and how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, great. I thank you for everybody for being a part of the program. Thank you for continuing to do what Dr. Martin Luther King has put in forth. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Dr. King uh, was such a great man, you know, and all the things that you know that he, that he did in his lifetime, uh, the short span of a lifetime that he did have, that we were blessed to have him on this earth. I mean, I, I could not think of a better way to honor him this weekend than by the, the celebrations of his life. Hey, man, that is so true. That is so true. I remember when I was younger and I heard this speech here, and, I, and it made me feel like I had power. He empowered me. They're saying I could be a servant, I could do great things that we could pull together, that we don't have to take the uh, uh, the illness of this world. We can make a difference. We can change things. And you've been you've been doing that. So introduce yourself to our listening audience and tell us what God have uh, have put to your hands to do. Well, um, you know, I, I am a community activist. I, you know, I've, 
Uh, I used to have trouble struggling to say I'm a community activist. I would always say I'm just a community worker, you know, but I guess that <laughs> if you work, you have to be active in order to work. You know, when we talk about Dr. King, um, I got a chance um, a few years back to go to Atlanta, uh, or come through Atlanta, rather, for a, um, from a convention, another church convention, and we got a chance to stop in Atlanta and see his his uh, birth home place. I got a chance to tour, you know, of course, to go inside of Ebenezer, you know, Baptist Church. Um, you know, it was really, really kind of just a spiritual thing of when you actually go and, and look at where this great man was born, where he was raised, walked some of the streets that he actually walked, you know, the church that he actually grew up in. You know, it does empower you to go back to your own community and get to work, you know, whatever that work may be, whether, you know, the work, the task may be of, of small, the task may be of, of, of large, or the task may be a, a task of just getting people to a community meeting. You know, you, you have to understand that, you know, he, he was the type of individual that got people motivated. Like you said, you know, he encouraged people. He got people motivated, you know, and that's what we need more of today because when we look at our, some of our communities, especially our African-American communities, they are dying rapidly. You know, you, you look at everything that's going on around us, and, you know, uh, like I talk about Joppa all the time. Joppa is one of the last well-preserved Freemans towns here, not only in the city of Dallas, uh, Reverend Lewis, but also in the uh, state of Texas. So we have a lot of, of rich history here. And, you know, and when you say things that I have been deemed to do, I mean, just being a community activists, being a community leader. I try to always keep people motivated, get them to come out and be involved. If you just want to come and listen, come and listen. Because, you know, everybody's not an active, not an activist. Everybody does not know about community work. But they may, because you're not a community worker, does not mean that you don't have a concern for the community in which you live. And that is so true. That's so, you know, if you're not a worker, you could be a supporter. You can be a supporter. Exactly. You can tell exactly. somebody about what's going on there. You can be a a, a, a trumpet, a, a hurler, you know. <laughs> but I wanted to just talk with you regarding what uh, you just came from a trip down in Austin. So tell us about that because this is a part of remembering Dr. Martin Luther King. Well, yes, it was. It was the uh, swearing-in, the 85th legislative uh, session is about to begin or has begun, rather. Um, and uh, State Representative of District 100 for Joppa, is um, Eric Johnson um, provided a bus for us to come. I was the Dallas delegation coordinator and got, you know, some people rounded up and they wanted to go, hadn't been in a good while. Um, you know, some of us do go every year, you know, uh, to see them get sworn, every other year rather, to see them get sworn in. And basically we went down and I got a chance to see them get sworn in, took a tour of the Capitol. You know, there's a new African-American um, statues that are now outside of the Capitol is beautiful. And I would encourage anybody that if you ever go to Austin or go by the Capitol, please park your car, go and look at that. I mean, they, these statues are just amazing. So um, we got a chance to go down there, of course, like I said, to, to be with him. Uh, he provided a beautiful lunch, you know, for us. And then I have to throw that in about the bunt case at the very end. They kind of sweetened the deal. Um, so it was really, really good. We had a bus of maybe about 50 people that went down. So it was really a great event. And I know that he has a couple of bills that are on the table that are coming up. One of them is House Bill 674. That's the pre-K suspension ban. If anybody watched the news this week, you saw what DISD is talking, a very intoxicating conversation now about trying to 
stop the suspension of kindergartners. I know the Texas Organizing Project top. They are also uh, a part of that. Uh, part of that. Um, uh, that effort to make sure that pre-kindergarten, the pre-kindergarten. Pre-K and kindergartens are not, um, you know, are not suspended. And what that would do, Has Bill 674 will prohibit schools from suspending children younger than six unless, you know, they commit like a serious offense. I mean, the child is, you know, five and six years old. So that's a, that's a very important bill to Eric Johnson, to our state rep, that that, that that bill passes because we have a lot of our children in kindergarten, pre-K, they're getting suspended and sent home. Well, you know, you're supposed to be about the education, you know, of a child. So, you know, when we look at that the younger that they start the suspending them, that starts the pipeline, you know, that starts the pipeline to the criminal justice system. Because you keep sending them home, you know, every time they do something wrong, you need to learn how. We need to get a bill passed where this, that, that they won't, will not be suspended. Also, he's going to have house bill... 245, police shooting reporting penalty. This bill would create an enforcement mechanism um, for House Bill 1036, you know, with the Texas legislature to ensure that all law enforcement agencies report instances of police-involved shootings. And as you, of course, you know, we look on the news every day, there is a police shooting somewhere, not here in Dallas, there's a police shooting somewhere. But, of course, his, his concern is, you know, for the ones, you know, here in Texas. So that's just a couple of bills that he does have. And also, he is going to be offering up a bill of same-day voter registration. Now, I know we're going to get into voter registration in just a moment. On voter registration, you will be able to, if you provide the right uh, ID, um, you will be able to register to vote and be able to vote on Election Day. And, of course, you know, we're going to face a lot of, you know, of course, controversy with that one, especially from our, you know, Republican cohorts. But that's a couple of the bills, like I said, that he is, um, you know, that he is trying to uh, get on the table. And, of course, like I said, you know, um, and this will allow, like, uh, on Election Day, you come in, you register to vote, you're able to vote, as long as you provide the, the proper ID. You know, so that's just a couple of things that he is looking at. Um, the Dallas Open carry op out. You know, they're trying to get legislation pushed through now that you, anybody's able to carry. You don't have to have a license to carry or permit to carry. Anybody, if you purchase a gun, you're able to carry. Well, this is going to be a very, very dangerous thing here, not only in this city, in the United States. You just don't want anybody to be able to carry a gun. And now, as so you see what happened so in the Florida, in the Florida airport situation, this guy, you know, did have some issues, had some mental issues, was able to get a gun inside the airport, flew all the way from Alaska to the United States, get the gun, and then load the gun, and then shoot and kill five people in the airport. So I know both four of four of his top, uh, four of his top bills that he's going to be presenting on the um, on the uh, House floor. All right, all right. Those are some good, uh, some good bills there. They needed bills. And I want to back up to the one about the kids getting kicked out of school, that 674 bill. If someone wants to uh, uh, put their name to a petition or whatever they do to support this bill, what do they need to do? Is that something that they're farming now? Well, I know that he has um, he has already drawn the bill up, and I know that there are going to be some local efforts. There has been some local efforts about the um, 
uh, pre-K and kindergarten suspension. And like I said, you can always get hold of the Texas Organizing Project, uh, better known as TOP. You can always give them a call, and they will tell you what you can do. I know there's going to be uh, some more town hall meetings about this. I know DISD, uh, Board of Trustees, is in talks and in uh, conversation right now about that. Feel free to call, you know, to call your local school board member. I know George Foreman, um, of course, George Foreman there is, and of course, Lou Blackburn, Miranda Newell, you know, there are several of them that are on the board, uh, that represent the African American districts, you know, per se, that you can maybe call because, you know, seemingly the high number of suspensions are with our African American children. And that is so true. You know, I do juvenile ministry, and I see year after year they seem to be younger and younger. And this kid four, in the fourth grade in juvenile, you know, in the third grade on your way to juvenile, that's ridiculous because I would teach Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, and, and you talk about how... When you talk about the prison, you know, the pipeline, the prison, well, you know, and it, and, it, and it talks about the younger that they are, starting with the suspensions and the out-of-school suspensions, and, you know, then, then that, that begins that, that pipeline to TDC, Jack. Yes, exactly. And then it put a hardship on the family because here you are, you got little Johnny, you know, preschool, and kindergarten. he get kicked out of school, then you got to find him. Somebody's going to keep him, you know. You got to lose time, so it's a hardship all the way around. So that's a great deal. And plus, we, as a, as a society, we need to put things in place. We can't just warehouse our kids. That's called warehousing. You know, the, the ones exactly. that you don't want to mess with, you warehousing them, whether it's in a, a correctional institute or some kind of alternative uh, school district or something, instead of working with those kids, seeing what they you know, need and are, of and Right, and speaking of warehousing displacement, you know, we have to look at what's going on right here in our city, right here, you know, in the West Dallas area. And, you know, the lack of affordable housing is a serious, serious concern, you know, with yes. Representative Eric Johnson, because, you know, um, being from, you know, the West Dallas area, you know, you have to look at that, you know, with the gentrification that's going on and the 300 families that are about to be displaced over in the West Dallas area. This is a very, very serious issue. Um, some of them have already just moved because they didn't know what to do. You have some that are still trying to hang on because they have nowhere to go. And, you know, we have to look at affordable housing, you know, right now in this city is an issue. And that's so true. Now, let's see what about affordable housing. What about the homelessness? Now, I know that you're very active and involved in some things. Have that came across your desk? Or are you working with some groups and agencies to kind of address this homeless issue? Because it's getting to be rampant. You know, men and women are just well, constantly being pushed and, around. You know, it, it, well, it kind of started, you know, I've done so much work with them with the homeless stand down and, you know, and being out there in the community with them. And um, it start, kind of started, you know, very something very innocent. We had a spread at, at work, and um, we had some leftover food, so, you know, nobody wanted to take the leftover food home. So I just told them, and some of it had really had not even been touched. So I just told them, I said, well, let me just take it to the people around here behind where we are here in the southern Dallas area and see if I can help to feed them because I got to think about some of them may have not even had a good meal for, for today. So I wrapped up, packed up, and, you know, and, and behind, and then one of my coworkers, we went to – the homeless camp right behind us over there by Holmes and, and, and Chestnut and all that little area, uh, over there by Baylor, and we were able to, to, to feed people. So one lady asked me, uh, Louis, she said, well, ma'am, can you give me a blanket? And it kind of something triggered something in my head. I'm like, you know, okay, let me see what I can do. Well, I got her a blanket and a couple more, and then I kind of mentioned to a few people, and by the time I ended up, I've gotten close to a hundred blankets that I went over there and gave out, and then jackets came along, and then socks came along, and you know, I put on my Facebook page, um, 
I went over there, you know, uh, when we had the first cold, uh, cold blunt to come through, I guess, um, maybe three or four weeks ago, you know, when it was just so grossly cold. And when you go out there and you see them standing up their tents and they're getting ready to brave that weather, it really makes you think when you get in your warm car, I may ain't got much, but what I do have, I am appreciative for. You know, thank you, Jesus. So, you know, we have been giving them our blankets and, like I said, socks, and I'm still collecting because, you know, we've got this little cold blonder that came through the other night, and I'm sure we got a few more because it's been really, really nice on the Christmas holidays. I said, I tell a few people, oh, we, we're going to get it in January and February, but we're used to Texas weather. But, you know, with the homeless, some of them are not going to go to a shelter. Some of them, are, they're okay out there, you know, braving that weather. And you know, there was an incident about maybe, I guess, three weeks ago, they found, uh, you know, a young lady over in South Dallas. She, you know, she was found deceased, and she didn't even have on a coat. And it really bothered me. I'm like, well, you know, as, many, as much as we do, as much as we donate and we give, you know, it seems as though maybe, you know, not that bad because a lot of us were talking that do the homeless thing. We were like, how do we miss the point on that one? How do we miss her? You know, so you have to be so careful when you do that type of work that make sure if you reach one, you have to try and reach all. So, yeah, and on the 21st, we're still needing probably volunteers. They're going to be going in and, and actually doing a head count of the homeless. So you're able to probably call, call the city of Dallas and get information on how you can become a volunteer. Uh, uh, with the homeless count, is that's going to be January the twenty-first. Okay, that's good. That's something to be involved. I do uh, uh, homeless ministry and street ministry, and I know that's a great need. I not only I want to take care of their physical needs, but also uh, their spiritual needs, and also try to get them in place. You know, there's agencies that are overbooked, but there's still help available for those. And like you said, some of them are going to be homeless. We have the chronic homelessness, and some men and women refuse to go and get some a treatment or get some help. But we got to not give up on them. We got to pray for them and pray that they have absolutely. a turnaround. We have to, we have you know, have to so take care of them, you know, and I look at all the beautiful things that we build here in this city. And like I said, you know, we build the most beautiful bridges, and we're building the most beautiful lofts, and, you know, we have – you know, this homeless problem, this homeless population, and you know, we're only going to be blessed how we bless those that are that are in the that are in the dire need. So I am still collecting, and I'm just calling my little program, you know, blankets and blessings. So I just come up with something <laughs> because I thought about that. So I'm I just like doing blankets, blankets and blessings, or blankets and blessings, whatever y'all want to call it. So, but I am still collecting. So if anybody would like to donate, just go on my Facebook page, hit me up, or my phone number is always somewhere around there on my page. Just feel free to let me know, and I will come and pick up. And I do appreciate any help that we can give our homeless population. That sounds good there. You can count me in because, you know, I am a recipient of some of those blessings, not just being homeless, but just being just some support, just someone to let me know that I I had value. And that's what Martin Luther King was telling us, that we have value. Things like that make exactly. a difference in society. We never know the hearts that are being touched, of men, women, or children, life that could be changed. You know, when you're talking about saving our kids from uh, from being kicked out of school or being on suspension, we have future legislators in that, in, in that little kid. that We don't see that now. We have future congressmen, you know, because so, someone took time and they prayed for them and they encouraged them and they directed them. So we just can't dismiss them. You exactly. Know? No, we the cannot. The Bible talks about that. Be careful of who you entertain. You know, you may be entertaining angels unaware. We may be entertaining the next president because we gave them a blanket. 
you know, we gave them food. You know, and you I know? tell a lot of my friends, you know, and that we're in our, you know, middle and late 50s now, we have to be so careful about this upcoming generation because this upcoming generation are going to be the ones that's going to have to take care of us. So That's right, that's right. You know. it, 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 Oh, that's so true. And if they don't have a heart and they don't see no love from us, then when they get grown, they're going to say, wait a minute, you're old now. You have no value. And, you know, it dismisses us. And we all have value. I respect the men and women that I saw that's older than me, the ones that I looked up to. Even though now they are old and they're unable to do what they used to, but I still respect them because they set the foundation. Exactly. They set. And that's what we have to teach our young kids. That, hey, I'm not able to do what I used to do, but I still have value. And they should see that by the way you conducted yourself. Exactly. Oh, we don't have enough time for what we need to discuss. But we want to kind of uh, go ahead and we want to talk about this voters, uh, 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 your voting right and your participant and your your voters drive. You know, you are very instrumental in getting the vote out and getting people to vote. Now, tell tell me this here before we go, before we start talking about that. What is uh, is there something with the, in the legal system that allow people not to vote? Because sometimes people say I can't vote because I have this on my record, I have that. Is there any truth to that based on your experience? Well, I mean, if you are still actively on parole or you have not gotten dismissed from probation, you have not exhausted your your term, then you will not be able to vote. But they have made it so easy this past election season. There was about 14 ways you would be able to vote with ID, um, without ID. You can always go into a polling place and vote. Uh, if you don't have the proper ID, if you're not on that, uh, on that voter's roster, it's called a provisional vote, and it kind of like says, in a way, layman talk, it may count, it may not count, but you would still be able to do your civic duty. But that's what we tell people. Always try to keep an updated ID. Always try to make sure that your voter's registration card is always you know, um, coinciding with your ID. I often tell people when you see a voter registration card, just go ahead and fill it out and send it back in. Let's just say, let's send you all the voter registration cards that you that you want. But always make sure that your information is updated. You know, we were talking about the very quickly. We were talking about you know, what happened on election day. You know, yes, we Democrats were very, 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 we were very disappointed. I mean, we we were just. Devastated, you know, and when we kind of looked at the numbers and started crunching numbers and kind of looking, we kind of discovered that there was a few percentage less of Democrats that voted uh, in 2008 and 2012, both times back to back for our current president, President Obama. And, you know, because a lot of people, I think, in my opinion, became very discouraged. You know, when we talk about the electoral process this time, we had never, ever witness anything like what we saw with with the Trump campaign. Um, we have we will always say that Hillary did run an outstanding campaign. She didn't throw the dirt. The, I mean, you know, none of that. That, in my opinion, uh, she ran a really really good campaign. And but we were just kind of disappointed at some of the numbers, you know, that came in. And like I said, he had the electoral votes, but we can always say that she did have the popular vote. Yes, yes, it's so true. That's so true, and we fell short. I don't know if we got lazy or just took it for granted or what, because there are a lot of people that you had stated earlier just said that they just weren't going to vote, and it's a shame because now you know we'll control our own destiny. But it's never too late. It's never too late. Now uh, I know that you're always on the forefront, and you uh, always got your hand to the plow. You're very active. 
Uh, when we see things are not right, what can we do to address some of these issues that seem to be plaguing us? And sometimes we feel like we're powerless. But you know better. You know we have power to make a difference. We do. We do, Reminus. We have all the power in our hands, you know, to make the difference. You know, and, and it's about holding our elected officials accountable to what they promise that they're going to do. And it's often the the old age story of we get people elected and then we never see them until time again for election time. But I would encourage people, and, you know, I would employ people to, you know, if you have an issue that you want to put before your legislator, your councilman, your councilwoman, you know, your mayor, your, you know, your, your congress people, do that. Do that in writing. Set up an appointment, you know, and, and, and go in and tell them, you know, this is, this is the issue that I'm hiding. You know, whether it's a, whether it's a local issue, a national issue, or a personal issue. That's why we have elected them to represent us. They have resources that sometimes we as local community activists do not have, you know, and they can tell you, you know, the road that you need to go to get, to get the issue. Uh, you know, to get the issue resolved. So I would always employ, like I said, employ, and I encourage people, you know, be sure and call upon your elected officials when it comes to some of our national and some of our local issues, you know, that you, that you may have a problem with, that you want to see something differently done. And that is so true. Thank you for sharing that with us. And, you know, you, I, I want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. You, in, you encourage me when I know that sometimes someone is fighting on my behalf. Some things that I'm not even aware of. You brought to my attention about several bills that I wasn't aware of. I heard them being mentioned on the 30-second clip in a 15-second promo on TV or something. But then you gave me some in-depth on it. You also gave me some, uh, some solution and direction. And I love that. I love that. Information without direction is useless, you know. And so, thank and you know, Joppa is really, you know, we are, you know, right now Joppa is challenging. We got to go, but Joppa is challenging right now with uh, development, you know, first economic development coming right around our community. We are facing two more batch plants and three warehouses that may be coming by our neighborhood. So right now, you know, we are kind of in a um, in conversations, if you will, with the city of Dallas, with Master Plan, um, you know, about about development coming, you know, our way. You know, we have been such a secluded, uh, well, I always say the secluded, best-kept secret this side of the Trenton River. You know, Habitat is now building on the last part of the bill with the last 68 homes. So when we are done, we will have 120 new families that have moved into our community. So right now we are... Um, we are kind of in, 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 like I said, conversation, you know, uh, with the city of Dallas. Councilwoman Tiffany Young, who is our representative, has been so gracious in coming uh, to our meetings. You know, she has been there for us, giving us the information. You know, they're talking about everything from putting DART, um, you know, the, the DART um, coverings for our people as they stand on the DART line. Um, yes. Uh, the beautification of the railroad track, you know, Union Pacific, you know, we're in conversation with them. That's a possibility they may be going to close the railroad track uh, that's been open for so long out here in the community. So we have a lot of things that are actually going on here in our community. So, you know, uh, I just, you know, uh, my hopes and prayers that this community will all be on one page for the betterment and for the movement of the Joppa community. And that is so true. That is so true. I, uh, myself and our church, we have been a part of the uh, Habitat down there, so we know that it is a worthwhile adventure. Oh, absolutely. We should have gone to the Baptist, been on the forefront. 
Yes, yes, thank you. And you know, as as Joppy is de- is developing and and getting more aware of, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Cause you live there. I don't. I, I go there and I I participate in the neighborhood. But you see things that I may not see. Well, you know, the development is good. I think development for for any city, any community is good. But you know, you have to look at it as it has been stated. There's good development and there's bad development. And you know, we just want to make sure that the development that's coming around our community is going to be development that's going to be friendly and there's going to be neighborhood friendly, you know, to us. Of course, with the warehouses, they're talking about that there will be at least a hundred jobs in the warehouses and in the batch plants. Um, you know, they are also putting things on the table. The Union Pacific is putting things on the table, beautifying our community, you know. So we as a community are going to have to, you know, kind of sit down, uh, brainstorm, if you will, and kind of, you know, get on the same page of where we really want our community to go because after Habitat leaves this year, the bill is completely over, and then we're going to be subject to any type of development and, you know, different zoning changes that, that are going to be coming, that are going to be, you know, um, Encompassing right around our area. Exactly. Now, now, tell what, what about the makeup of the neighborhood cultural wise? Is it pretty well staying in Do you see a slight shift from the residents that there? Because well, it's an old neighborhood. It's a black. Now, we'll talk about that because sometimes people say it's good, but now I see that the landscape is kind of changing somewhat. Do have you noticed? Yeah, that? That, yeah, there is, there is quite a change um, in here. You know, at one time we were about I think eighty seven to 90% uh, African-American, I think now that has slided down to maybe about uh, 60%. Uh, We have now more Hispanic families. Uh, We have um, some Asian families that have moved in out here now, and that's not counting what's going to come. So, yeah, there has been a slight um, change in the the racial makeup of, 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 of my community. What can we do to kind of not lose that uh, that balance there? Because it's, after all, it's, a, it's it's an old black historical neighborhood, and so what can we do? We don't want to just say all black, but how can we continue to encourage the minority families to move in and the ones that are already out of state? I think that it's all about a marketing plan and how you market. Um, buying homes. I think that, you know, that if, if we were to do something, we would need to market to uh, African-American people that are prospective home buyers, give them the history of our community. Uh, but, you know, buying a home and having a piece of the American dream is, is something that you can't really say you can only just give to a certain, to a certain, you know, racial group makeup. But exactly. I think that, you know, a lot of African Americans would love to move out here because of the historical aspect that we have. Exactly, exactly. And then we want to always keep that up front there because we want it to be open to everyone, but we don't want to lose that at prestige, at, at prestige that uh, Joppy have. It's a beautiful community. I love it. I don't stay there, but I go down there and I see the value in it. And plus, it's in a good location. It's only, uh, you know, only minutes from downtown. And, you know, and even going south, further south. So you're right there in the central location. So what you said, marketing, marketing, marketing. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My sister, we have to end this portion of the show with you as our guest. We want to thank you. And, you know, you encouraged me. You gave me some stuff here that I wasn't aware of, but I'm going to address these things the best way I know how. And plus you gave us some numbers. If someone would like to find out more about what's going on, uh, do you have some numbers that they can call for our uh, for uh, 
people that's over the district or some bills or laws or just some, some uh, uh, information numbers that they can call and say, hey, I, I, want, I heard this and I want to know more about it. you have any numbers available? I would encourage them to, um, you know, on the national level, call our Congresswoman, Eddie Bernice Johnson. Um, okay. You know, at, at um, they can call her office. Um, you know, State Representative Eric Johnson. Well, you know, they can call his, Austin, his office in Austin. Our city council uh, woman who is Tiffany Young, and her number is 214-670-4689. And then... Um, Basically, that's, that's our representative, which is our city council, our state rep, and then we have our state senator, Royce West. Of course, his number is 214-467-0123. So those are our, are our local and our state representatives, and our school board member, of course, is um, uh, Lou Blackburn, and you can always reach him through uh, DallasISD.com or calling you know, the uh, school board building on Ross Avenue. All right, great. You gave us some good information, and thank you very much. We're looking forward for you to... Uh, be a guest on our show at a later date to keep us up to date on what's going on. And we want to thank you once again for helping us to remember the legacy of our uh, uh, dear uh, man, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, remembering his legacy and to keep the dream alive, to keep the dream alive by what you're wow. doing. And you encouraging our younger generation to continue to dream because, let's face it, some of them don't seem to have a vision, don't seem to have goals, don't seem to have a future. But you on the forefront telling them that they are valuable. And I always remember, even though it's Martin Luther King Day and a lot of us have the day off, remember, a day off should always be a day on. Get out, volunteer, do something in your community, go go do something that, you know, because he was about community, he was about giving, he was about making sure that mankind was taken care of. So remember, a day off is always can always be a day on. God bless you. Thank you. I'm going to use that. And you have a blessed day, and we're looking forward to uh, talking with you in person. And keep doing what you're doing for the Lord, okay? All right, and thank you, Reverend Lewis, and free on the inside. Keep doing what you're doing. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. What a great interview that we had there with Ms. Claudia Fowler. Amen. She's a community activist, all-around good person. She was telling us some things that are coming up. We pray that you pay attention to what's going on, that you uh, uh, use those numbers which she gave you, that Roy West, you can give him a call and uh, and some more people's number that she gave out. So thank you very much. And so uh, we're looking forward to our next guest that's coming on. But before uh, before we do, we're going to hear some uh, more audio clips from Dr. Martin Luther King to encourage you to be strong in the Lord. Amen. So next voice you'll hear will be Dr. King.
in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. One hundred years later, the, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize the shameful conditions in a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. So we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice.
You are listening to a speech of Dr. Martin Luther King. I had a dream at the Washington Monument, and now we have our next guest on the line here, Ms. Carol Reed. And we pray that you enjoy this portion of our show, Free on the Inside. That call-in number is 310-982-4126. And the next voice you'll hear of Ms. Carol Reed. Good morning, Ms. Reed. Welcome to the net. Good morning. Thank you for having me this morning, Brother Joe. Well, well thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you for helping us remember uh, the, Dr. Martin Luther King. And you have been very instrumental in, in keeping the dream alive. Please introduce yourself and tell us why this year time of the year is so important to you, and not only this day, but all the days to come. Well, you know, I tell you what, Martin Luther King, is, as we all know, is an intricate part of not just the African-American community, I, and that's my new message I like to try to spread, because for some reason I think people think that uh, um, the civil rights movement was just about black people. While there are many causes for the inequality against black people, at the end we came out with civil rights, and that is for all people. Uh, it is important to remember the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, and today uh they are making strides and plans, and uh, even today the National Action uh, Network that is uh, founded by Reverend Al Sharpton will be hosting a parade in Washington, D.C., uh, with the hopes of, again, reiterating the importance and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, but also tying it into and protecting the legacy of our first African-American president, President Barack Obama. And so now we have a new concept to keeping the dream alive, because I, we all know that part uh, the the reason why we came up with the President Barack Obama was because of the work that Martin Luther King Jr. did and died for so many years ago. Uh, I, I I do um, um, try to be actively involved in uh, the celebration, the cause, and the education of the Martin Luther King legacy and all that he stood for. I feel like it should be a required class from kindergarten on up, to be honest. It all <laughs> yeah, so true. All walks of life. And, uh, that is so I, true. Yeah. As a graduate of SMU, I like to tell people about one of the secrets, the best hidden secrets, and I think if a lot of churches or a lot of schools would pattern themselves after uh, this event that they hold every year in, during spring break in March, and it is called the Civil Rights Pilgrimage. And what that involves is a seven-city tour on a bus where we go to all of the uh, places where the historic events of the Civil Rights Movement took place. We've gone to uh, places like Tuskegee, Alabama, uh, and uh, up the street from there is in Birmingham, what they uh, talked about, uh, they call it Birmingham, one neighborhood that was bombed so much, they renamed it Birmingham. We traveled uh, to uh, the uh, church in Birmingham where the little girls were uh, bombed and killed. We traveled to uh, Oxford, Mississippi, Troy Runner and Cheney, the three civil rights workers who were killed by the Ku Klux Klan, and as y'all remember, the movie Mississippi Burning was made, and we visited that church. We spoke to uh, the survivors of uh, the, the children of the survivors of those who were beaten by the Ku Klux Klan that night before they killed those civil rights workers. We traveled to the Mississippi State, uh, a lot of the historical black colleges. We traveled to Megar Evers' home. We traveled to Martin Luther King's patronage, parsonage where he lived when he first left Atlanta. We actually went back and went to Atlanta up into the Buckhead community where they have a museum where they have all of his speeches where he written in the, the letter from Birmingham Jail, the, the Martin Luther King speech, all his scripts in his handwriting are on display. So we 
tend to go to all those different places, but the biggest, one of the, the major things that we do, and it happens every year, and you may check this out on your local on your website, it's called the Jubilee Festival, and I believe it's at jubileefestival.com. Every year, I don't know if a lot of churches or a lot of communities or a lot of schools don't know, but they host a reenactment of the march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, you know, that was read, uh, led by now Representative Senator Lewis back in the time, Senator John Lewis, who was a college student at the time. And they call and it is most commonly referred to as Bloody Sunday, where they marched across the Edmund Pettus Bridge and were beaten, met by the state troopers down there and were beaten back across the bridge uh, to the AME church where they were organizing and started the march and back into the neighborhoods and into homes. People don't know they didn't just beat them back across the bridge. They beat them back into their homes and went inside their homes and beat the people. And they do a reenactment. All the king children show up there each year. All of the civil rights, the surviving civil rights uh, leaders, including Senator Representative uh, John Lewis himself, the Rainbow Coalition, celebrities, any and everybody, all types of um, religious leaders show up every year for the reenactment of that that same march, just the way they did it many years ago, back across the bridge. So there's a lot of things that are going around the country, but those are some things that maybe a lot of people weren't organized around. Um, and with your church or your or your or your students at school, and uh, maybe perhaps go and participate in some at an event just as such. Oh well, that's great. That's great. I'm so glad you brought those things up. Those should be required visiting for all of us, you know, because we are uh, because of what they did many years ago. It allowed us to be able to do what we do with voting and being able to live in uh, in. in uh, communities and jobs and all those things they interwoven. But right now we are being under attack. All the things that have been set place by this current president, things of the past, they mm-hmm. seem to be trying to be wiped off the table. What is we can? What can we do as a society, as voting people, to continue to uh, keep the uh, the dream and the vision alive? Based on your experience, that is a marvelous question, Brother Joe. And one of the things that we did that we were empowered from as a result of the Civil Rights Movement was the Voters' Rights Act. We should never, ever sit and not take advantage of our right to vote, especially as African American citizens. But if it's anybody, if you're eighteen enough, if you're old enough to vote, you if you're old enough to buy a can of beer or a drink or smoke or whatever, then you should be able to go down there and take a vote. Because when we sit on the sidelines, we end up with Donald Trump. And that's what happened in this election in many ways. That's one of the aspects that resulted in that. But we can go on about other outside, real outside, as in Russia interfering in our election. But we have to be active participants of the voting process, and not just at every four years at election time, but in midterm elections where we have the opportunity to go and vote and change the House of Representatives in the Senate right now Trump had, they had the Republicans or the conservatives or whatever they're calling them these days, have full power. They have Donald Trump, they have both houses, and it's all conservative Republican control. But you can go to in two years to the midterm elections and exercise your vote and vote in the, the, the Democrats to regain the House and, the, and so that they can control Donald Trump. That is one, that's number one. That's one of the things we can do. Number two, we have to start being activists right now. As a Pledge or uh, honor and Martin Luther King's legacy and what and his, and, the, and the life that he gave because when he took the charge he sat at his kitchen we visited his house where he and saw the very seat and chair and window that he sat by that morning when he received uh, he was there asking to lead the civil rights movement he told him he let him know 
And he got that. He was sitting by the window, and he, in his own words, he said how God had moved on him the morning, spoke to him as he sat by the window, a light shined through, and, and asked him, and, and, and gave him that charge to be the leader of the cause. And going in, he knew that his life was on the line. Going in, he knew that he would probably die behind that cause, and he did. So here's the thing. But let me say this, not just Martin Luther King. There were so many foot soldiers, even today, that were spat on, beaten, jailed. When we traveled um, that civil rights pilgrimage, we have gone to uh, animal um, where they uh, or, uh, corral animals into that they actually placed people into from the civil rights um, uh, uh, activist movement because when they ran out of room in jail, they would haul them in there. People have no idea. So many things that went on that don't make the history books that tell us that we should not sit around and do nothing. So the second thing that I want to say that I think, Brother Joe, that we should do is in honor of those good soldiers, in honor of the life and legacy of Dr. Martin King, is now we are facing having our just some of our basic rights, as in the health care system, uh, ACA, Obamacare, as they like to call it. Just for the record, a lot of people have it confused, and a lot of Martin, uh, Donald Trump's voters and, and, had, and supporters had it confused. They kept thinking ACA was one thing and Obamacare was another, when in fact it is one and the same. They just named it Obamacare so they could get people to dislike it. And so if you disliked Obama, all they had to do was attach his name to the ACA, the health care uh, 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 program we had in this country, and people hated it. And so there were people who were sitting and arguing, I'm glad that Obamacare has been repealed. I'm glad it's gone. I have ACA. I'm good. Not even realizing it is the same thing. So now we are met with somebody having some of our common rights stripped of our, our kids and our communities. When they, repeal, when they started their first act to repeal Obamacare, that stripped people of pre-existing conditions, that stripped uh, children. If your children have get, get chips, that is being uh, removed as well. So we have rights that are, that are being threatened. So now we have to become Martin Luther King activists all over again, starting right now. And so what that means is we need to continue his nonviolent approach to being an activist in any way you can. Some of us have aged over time. Some of us are young. Educate our children to be a Martin Luther King civil rights activist so that they can get involved and that they can get into the, 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 the uh, peacefully organized uh, marches that will be happening around the country all over the place. Uh, so get them involved. And if you can do that yourself along with them, then by all means, join in. But if you are at home and maybe you, uh, physically it's a test, there are ways that you still can be an activist. If get on your tablets, computers, or even your phones and call your uh, state Texas uh, senators, and that would be uh, Ted Cruz and John Cornyn. And actually, I have a number for that. Um, and Brother Joe can probably take this down and have it uh, posted where y'all can get it again. If you'll call 202-224-5922, that will allow you to commit to Ted Cruz uh, and John Corn, who are the senators for the state of Texas. That's one. And then also feel free to give Senator Majority Leader um, a phone call at 202 202- McCollum, that's name, uh, 224-2541, and Speaker Ryan at 202-225-3031. Not only will you have an opportunity to voice your opposition to the repeal of the Obamacare Act, you also have an opportunity to speak your mind about the people that are being placed in office by 
uh, Donald Trump, and who is coming in and he's bringing people who are, in fact, who have a record of racism, uh, anti-minority people, anti-Jewish, anti-women, anti-LGBT, LGBT, whether we agree with their lifestyle or not, we must understand they are people, and God allows us free will to live our lives the way we choose, and so no one should be victimized or mistreated because of the way you decide to live your life, the way God allows you to make that decision for yourself. So we have a lot of work to do. Our work is starting all over again, and that means we have to get back in the game. We have to start. We have to revitalize our efforts and, and our mindset that we are now back to being under attack. They're setting, they want to take this um, country backwards. Martin Luther King, President Obama, we move forward. Their actions say they want to take us backwards. And if we all, and for most of us who are old enough to know, backwards ain't the place. And even a lot of us who are uh, didn't, didn't weren't here when our parents in the 60s and in the, the 50s when a lot of stuff was going on when we weren't old enough to even know anything about that, at least we know whatever we do for those who have gone on to uh, glory, we need to uh, make sure that we fight so that their work and their lives and the work that they did and the suffering and the dying that they did during the civil rights movement doesn't go in vain. And uh, for any of our uh, non-white uh, members of the audience that are out there, this means you too. It, it, with the repeal of any type of human rights or civil rights for us, it, it doesn't have a, um, a, it is not attached to a color. It is attached to people who want to live in this, who have every right to be in this country and live and, 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 and have a life and, ha- and have a dream that Martin Luther King talks about. So we have to get, we have to get up now. We have to get started. We have to get to work because we are facing a crisis here with the type of administration that is moving into the White House. And we must be, uh, remember to be nonviolent. Uh, in the spirit of Martin Luther King, in any of our approaches, but we can dial on the we call on the phones. We can get on the website, and you can actually go into the website and post a message and send a message to them. They are it is effective. Uh, it is happening. Those phone calls and coming in that that thing is happening. They are feeling the burn from that type of protest. So by all means, uh, call your local senators. Call your representatives. That you can find that you can Google that on your telephone. It'll come right up. Call them uh, and find out or organizations that can. And there are people who are organizing all over the state of Texas, all over Dallas. Call or get on social media. One thing we need to do: we use social media now, uh, not just for sitting in and having a conversation with folks and having it in recreation. Just use social media to protect our our civil rights, and that's what's important today. Oh, that is so true. Now, as we get ready to wind down this uh, interview, thank you very much. You gave us a lot of information, and you encouraged us uh, to be about uh, Martin Luther King's vision and dream and to be about our father's business. And he said, if you love me, you'll love your neighbor and your brother yeah. as yourself, the state of Jesus. And he goes on to say that when I was hungry, you fed me not only just physical food, but also some uh, uh, some news they can use. Because sometimes a person, yeah. they starving for some information. <laughs> yeah, you can feed me, but where can I go to feed myself? Where can I go to turn this thing around? You know, and so it works both ways. But what would you, what do you do on this particular occasion for yourself personally uh, to just keep the dream alive in your own life and in your family and friends? Well, what I do personally for myself is 
I try to educate the young people in my family and any young person that I run across because the reality is this thing is never over. Uh, we've made some strides, but it, it, we sometimes we take a, a different turn and sometimes we go backwards, as, as I mentioned before. So I think the education of young people is the key because they're going to be the ones that we're going to pass the torch to for this fight and to continue the fight and to continue to protect the legacy of Martin Luther King and the legacy of our first African-American president, President Barack Obama. So it is important that we down with our children. Now, a lot of times, you know, they're stuck with their phones and they don't want to do it and they're having a problem. So with us taking them away from these things, but explain to them how important it is. Explain to them, this is the reason why you can vote. This is the reason why you can go to any school that you want to. This is the reason why you can sit at the front of the bus and not the back. This is the reason why people won't call you the N-word, in the, in, in, well, as much as they used to back then. This is the reason. And for, and for young people, uh, I think this should resonate. Because there is the Black Lives Movement that's mattering, and a lot of the young people are participating in that. But they need to also remember that, in a, in addition to police brutality that is out there, when 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 we work on that and we get small victories out of that, we still have things like our own civil rights that may be uh, uh, that are made, that are under attack. So, me personally, I educate the children in my family. I make them sit and watch the uh, Selma. And a lot of the other lots of movies that are out there that have been made regarding this. You go to PBS.org, there is a lot of um, um, documentaries. Uh, let, allow them to learn who Martin Luther King is. Allow them to learn who Malcolm X is. Allow them to learn who the NAACP, the foot soldiers of the Civil Rights Movement. Louisa, she was a white woman who, uh, during the Edmund Pettus Bridge March, was helping black black people get back across the bridge after the long march, and she was killed by FBI agents. And she was a housewife. She had five, six kids. She could have been at home sitting, but this white woman decided uh, to go out and make a difference. And so they need to learn about it's not not just black people were there. Uh, 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 A minister, uh, James Reed, was killed on the street by white men after the first um, march over uh, uh, the Edmund Pettus Bridge because he was uh, considered an N-word lover. So we have to educate our kids about this because they are the ones who are going to lead the charge when we've gone on. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. We got to end it right here, but as as uh, you have encouraged me and not only me, but our listening audience, our phone line is lit up. But uh, some of the callers said they just wanted to just listen to the uh, to the uh, guests and they just want to reflect back on what Martin Luther King meant to them. And he meant so much mm-hmm. to all of us. We may not think about yeah. it, but because we're able to get up and go where we want to go, we're able to uh, buy the cars that we have that we can financially uh, <laughs> buy, you know. Mm-hmm. So we have to be wise at these decisions, though. And a lot of things that we're just taking for granted. We got to let our younger generation know that this thing, uh, 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 these things, uh, they can easily be taken from us. So we have to let them know that they have to fight for this. If they see some injustice, don't take matter. Don't do the violent way. Take them out of their own hand. Get in touch with people that can make a difference. As a matter of fact, be a part of that, that, that change maker. Be a part of that change maker. Yeah. You know, our theme is said, help change your life. Help change a community. Help change a nation by what you're doing. And so thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. This concludes this portion of our show, and we're looking forward to having you to come back on at a later date. That sounds great. Thank you guys for having me so much. It's been a blessing, and I pray that everyone can just go out and do what we need to do for our civil rights. All right. Enjoy your day, okay? Thank you, dear. 
Hey, man, we have a co-host on the line this morning here. We'll see. Can we bring him in right quick? Brother Daniel. Hey, good morning, Reverend Lewis. Uh, good boy, man. I'm sorry, man. We had some great interviews, man. I didn't want to dismiss it. We had several calls on the line. They said, man, I just want to hear our guest is no longer on the line. But before we wind down, what do this here time mean to you? You know, we, man, you grew up in difficult times, in challenging times, and we know that it was a thing that we couldn't do. Places that yeah, we couldn't so go. Great. It's so but yet, so Martin Luther King made I just, a difference. I just, I just spontaneously wrote a poem, Reverend Lewis. You know? Okay, go ahead and share it. we got a few minutes, and, and go ahead and bless us, and then we're going to wind down this program. Where we're going to do another clip from Black Martin Luther King, and we're going to end the program on okay. just reflecting back on him. Go ahead. The name of my, my poem is Words of Dream. Where's the dream that Martin Luther King died for? The dream that we all love each other no matter what race or color our skin is. Where's the dream today where our cities are fighting against each other over two colors or cliques or gangs? Where's the dream today when police will respect us as humans and not just as numbers or stats? Where's the dream where the drum major leads and not follows? Pass the baton so others will follow. Where is the dream we had in Reverend Dr. Martha Luther King, Jr.? Preachers, teachers, and activists, they say they're all leaders, but all we see is more interviews on ESPN TV. Where is the dream of Dr. Reverend Dr. Martha Luther King, Jr. If he could see us today, I believe he would be ashamed of us today. Where did your dream go? Oh, yeah. That's my poem. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know what? You uh, uh, you made the show what it uh what it set out to be just to reflect and re- go back. Where is the dream? Sometimes we we feel like that it's lost, but it's still there, man. We want to thank you for what you're doing. And as you reflect back on Martin Luther King and what he had done for us, you encourage someone else, encourage your family, encourage yourself that the dream is still active. Sometimes we we ask the question, where is it? But we know that it's still available. So, Brother Daniel, yeah. thank you. I want to thank our guests for being on the line this morning. We had a great time this morning. I'm excited about it. I'm going to reach out to our guests and see what I could do to make a difference in, in in the life of a community, life of a nation. Thank you, uh, uh, Miss Claudia. Thank you, Miss Reeves, for being guests on the program. We're looking forward to hearing more of those two powerful young ladies and seeing what they can do through the programs and organizations that they're a part of to keep the dream alive. And we're going to end this portion of our show here with another audio clip of Dr. Martin Luther King. I think it's very important for us to continue to reflect over it. For myself personally, I like to just share with my grandkids and my family about the importance of Dr. Martin Luther King. I remember that it was things that we couldn't do as a youngster. You know, my mother wouldn't even yeah. take me some places, and I didn't even know. And I remember we used to go down to a place called H.L. Green, where we had to go in the back. You remember H.L. Right Green, up. right? <laughs> and people don't realize that, man. Yeah. It is a yeah. place that you couldn't go. And I remember once I was in my first ride downtown, and I saw 
the brutality, man. The police was pushing us aside. They had on, they uh, uh, you know, they had on their uh, ride gear with the shields and the and the baton. And he ran up to him. He said, "Move, move!" And I was young, and another guy was beside me, and he pushed that man so hard that man fell, and he was sliding. He got up here with blood on his elbows, and I just immediately started running. And I thank God that I wasn't hurt, but I I remember those things, man. And I remember those remember. things, and those things hey, are, hey, hey, are still remember, active today. So like I still ride on TV. H&L Green, H&L Green, yeah, yeah. The water fountains, black on it, white on it, yeah, white. Matter of fact, re- re- speaking of that, I worked down at the uh, downtown uh, Dallas at the and uh, uh, in, in, in the. Um, and the administrative building, the one that Kennedy, mm-hmm. uh, what they call it the book, the school book depository, they still yeah. got uh, uh, that water fountain down there. It was in the record building. It was in the record. Yeah. I'm sorry, it was in the record. They still had that water fountain that said "colored mm-hmm. only," and they would go Colored move it out on. with one of our city council members. I'm not gonna say his name, but uh, uh, uh and then he said, "Now nah, we're not gonna move this because it's a remembrance of us." Hey, you know, so man, they that. still had that yeah, water fountain. Yeah, and when you push that water fountain, uh, a little video will come up and it will start showing you all the things that happened in Dallas for uh, uh, cause of the civil rights movement, man. So, you know, this thing we need to remember about those. But we'll come back and we'll address those things later. Brother Daniel, I want to thank you, brother, for your poem. I want to thank you for what you're doing and thank you, guests, for being on. We're going to hear some uh, portion of Dr. Martin Luther King's speech here. says that, uh, what is your life? And then we'll end our show after that. Thank you. There you go. We got that clip coming up here in just a second. Yeah. Amen. I encourage you to continue to listen to this program, continue to uh, be a part of what God is doing. Next, Martin Luther King.
And I know you've heard of Harry Belafonte and Aretha Franklin and Nipsey Russell and Sidney Poitier and all of these other great and outstanding artists. Well, they're going to be here tonight at the Spectrum. And I hope that each of you will go home and tell your parents to be there tonight for this great Freedom Festival. And I hope you will come also, for it will be a great experience. And by coming, uh, you will be supporting uh, the work of the Civil Rights Movement. Now that I've gotten the commercial out of the way, I'll move on and uh, say some things that I want to say very briefly. And I'm being very honest, I'm going to be brief because I have other engagements. I don't have a tradition of being brief all the time. You know, I'm a Baptist preacher and we can talk a long time. But I'm going to really be brief today. I want to ask you a question, and that is, what is in your life's blueprint? This is the most important and crucial period of your lives for what you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine which way your life shall go. And whenever a building is constructed, you usually have an architect who draws a blueprint. And that blueprint serves as the pattern, as the guide as the model for those who are to build the building. And a building is not well erected without a good, sound, and solid blueprint. Now each of you is in the process of building the structure of your lives. And the question is whether you have a proper, a solid, and a sound blueprint. I want to thank you for listening to our program, Free on the Inside. We're doing a commemorate commemoration and remembrance of Dr. Martin Luther King. We're going to go ahead and end our show right now. Uh, uh, the uh, audio clip you're listening to now is Dr. Martin Luther King speaking at a, at a high school saying, um, what is your life? And he was just talking about having a good foundation. We pray that what we, what you have heard today here is part of that, that foundation that you can build on it and let you know that you have value. Again, we want to thank our guests for being on the line this morning. We had a great time. And looking forward to another great episode next week. Thank you, Miss Claudia. Uh, thank you, Miss Carol. Miss Carol, for being the guest of Free on the Inside. You too could be a part of this show next week. Three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. And as we get ready to get out of here, I would encourage you to go out and make a difference. Help change your life in Jesus' name.
in this season. 